With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just what is it that you want? Well, we want to be free to do what we want to do without being hassled by the man. Do you expect me to believe you don't know what's right? He's right. Jay Target. You're right. With your host, Bradley Jay. He's right on Target. WBZ, 20 degrees warmer than it was yesterday at this time. So it gets dark really early. I came to work early, and it was already dark. And that, in some ways, I enjoy, because I, I do enjoy night, but physically it affects me uh, adversely, I believe, and I think maybe it affects y'all adversely too, or, or many of you. And to talk about this and related things, we have Dr. David Brendel a psychiatrist and executive coach, correct? That is correct, Get it all there? You got it. And we're going to talk about seasonal affective disorder. Make sure you're right close up on that microphone. So welcome to the program. It's cool you came in. It's a big deal to have somebody actually come in. We'll start with seasonal seasonal affective disorder. Actually, I'm going to start right with the first things I, words I spoke to you. Why do we have the word, we agree, we don't need the word affective in there. It just throws me off when I try to say it. Seasonal, why seasonal isn't it just affective, seasonal, yeah. seasonal disorder? Well, it definitely is a disorder. And affective in this situation is really referring to mood. It's a fancy way, a technical psychiatric way of referring to people's mood. Okay. Is there something about winter that physiologically causes a bad mood well there are lots of terrible things about winter <laughs> anything uh, that but, causes a sort of chemical is there a, a laboratory test that can be done or repeated so you can see what's going on when there's a lack of light and the mouse or the rat gets in a bad mood yeah, it's a great question, and I mean, there is um, you know, growing neuroscience about what goes on there. Uh, there are brain chemicals that uh, change in terms of their, uh, their levels and their effectiveness in the brain when there's less sunlight. Uh, chemicals like serotonin, which are uh, in part responsible for people's mood. Uh, melatonin, which is uh, partially responsible for circadian rhythms, sleep cycle. All of those uh, neurochemicals can be thrown off when, uh, when the days get shorter. And as you were saying, it, it's getting dark pretty early, and it's are those still dark when I wake up in the morning. So there's a lot of darkness. Are those generated in the same way vitamin D is generated? Something about sun actually is involved in the process of making these chemicals? It's it's a complex interrelationship, but you know, definitely um, sunlight does affect the levels of uh, some of these important neurotransmitters. Is it your body realizes that there's sun and makes these things, or is sun an actual ingredient? Is there are there is there something in light which mixes in with other things that is part of the soup? 
Well, it's it's an interesting cascade of responses. It, I mean, it starts with light hitting the retina, and then signals are sent okay. from the retina in the back of the eye to um, some very deep brain structures, such as the hypothalamus. Oh yeah, the old hypothalamus. The hypothalamus. It's way down there. We all we all have one. Hopefully, if if we're breathing. That's exactly what I wanted to know. The the mechanics behind us. And so we will continue speaking with the doctor, but I'd like to speak with you too. Do you feel that you might have this? Perhaps you're feeling down and you don't know why. Maybe you could ask the doctor, tell the doctor what's going on with you and see if this might be the case. We'll also venture into, I'm, I'm curious about executive coaching, stress management, etc. Mindf mindfulness, maybe it's all tied together. And uh, our doctor here, Dr. David Brendel, is an expert at all of, the, all of these. So let's take our first call. It's Fran in Melrose. Fran, hello. Say hi to Dr. Brendel. How do you do? I have a question that's been bugging me for years. I'm 82 years old. And as a child, I would sit under the grapevine in the shade while all the other children were playing in the summer. Summer bothers me. I am not normal in the summer. It starts in May. And I can't wait for September. It just does not agree with me mentally or physically. What, have you heard yeah. of that thing mm -hmm. happening with people in the summer? I kind of, I have that, but yeah. I, I have different problems in the summer. I just feel I can't stand the humidity and the bright light. I really don't like bright light. Well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm the same way. I, I, I don't, I don't like to sweat. I like, right. I like the air conditioning, uh, and. Uh, it just doesn't agree with me, period. It isn't yeah. that I don't like it. It doesn't like me. Hmm. Well, you know, it's it, it's an excellent question because when uh, when we talk about seasonal affective disorder, we usually are talking about uh, people in the winter who get severely depressed. They lose their energy and their focus. Mm -hmm. They want to sleep all day. They're in bed. But there, um, there are uh, a group of people who actually have a worsening of their mood in the summer, and often uh, people with seasonal affective disorder in the summer are people that are more agitated, irritable, just generally uncomfortable, but their mood certainly goes low. So I'm not sure if that's a, that's a description of what happens with you uh, in, in the summer. There are some people where it may be a seasonal affective disorder coming on in the summer. And then there are other people that just don't like the heat and too much sunlight for, um, for a whole variety of reasons. I'm with you, Fran. I have problems with both the winter and the summer. I look forward <laughs> to the winter. But no, the, I love the winter. The, the, right the now is the perfect time because my melatonin and my serotonin, whatever it is, hasn't run out yet. But the, the hot weather is gone. I went in September to Cyprus, and I hated it. It was summer times three. It just was not for me. So, Fran, uh, so you must be very happy in the winter. I am very happy in the winter. All winter, even the deep, dark February winter? I love it. I cold and cozy. In the cozy. Summer, I, I see no. nothing good about the summer. It's buggy. Right. <laughs> It's harder to keep cool, and the air conditioning's not healthy. You can put a sweater on and have a hot cup of tea or a hot toddy in the winter. <laughs> hot toddy, that sounds great. Hot toddy. What exactly is a hot toddy? I'm not even sure. I'm 82. <laughs> I don't know anything about drinking. All right. <laughs> well, 
All right, thank you. Thanks, Fran. That's a great point to bring up that it's you know it's not only about it's not only about the winter. There's some people that do just great in the winter and do have problems other times in the year. Some of that is going to be biological and physiological. Others, you know, other for other people, it's you know very much a situational. Yeah, it's uh, kind of thing. Even as a child, though, I I remember as a child, I would I wouldn't go play with children in the sun. I'd sit under the grapevine like an old lady. And (laughs) and now you're very comfortable being 82. Thank I you, Fran. Not. Appreciate that. 617-254-1030. So unpleasant for both. Different uh, set of reactions mm-hmm. in the winter. One is caused by light not hitting the retina and not creating the chemicals you need. Whereas in the summer, it's another set of probably unrelated, uncomfortable circumstances, right? It's not uh, the other side of a scale. It's a different scale. Well, I can use the the, uh, the fancy word that it's multifactorial. Probably there there are many different things uh, okay. that that are in play here, including, you know, different kinds of uh, social demands. I mean, people that have seasonal affective disorder in the winter are also uh, dealing with perhaps loneliness around the holidays mm-hmm. or the stress of seeing. Um, Family members that they're obligated to spend time with, but don't really want to. So they're, uh, uh, you know, or not having enough money to buy all the Christmas presents you want. So there are a lot of, uh, you know, psychological and social social stressors that also can come up in mm-hmm. the winter that reinforce uh, things physiologically. And you know that's true throughout the year in people's lives. Um, uh, different factors come into play yeah. that are that can be, and sometimes very directly biological, in other cases, very personal. Non sequitur, but probably the best time to ask it. Stress and uncomfortableness visiting relatives you don't really like over the holidays. Do you ever recommend to a patient don't go? Well, you don't. You don't really have an obligation. Just don't go. You have no obligation to go visit someone you don't like. Well, I, I mean, I've seen many patients, including this year, who get completely derailed around the holidays. Um, they've got their lives set up pretty well. They're in school or they're yeah. in work. They have their, you know, they have their routines, their social routines, their work routines, and it all gets thrown out the window around Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, New Year's, when schedules are completely disrupted. And in some cases, people are spending more time around people. Uh, they may be people who they really love and care about, yeah. but they're not used to spending time with them. There's a reason they moved across the country. Uh, and so it, it it can be hyper-stimulating yeah. at times to did, spend time with family members, even those you really love. It's a, it's a complete break in the routine. You develop your own rhythms, patterns, and cycles, which don't mesh with the people that you've moved to have been away from for years. Absolutely. But in some cases, there are people that are just vexatious and a I am not a doctor, but I, I recommend don't go. You really have no obligation just because they come from the same parents to go visit them. That's me. I, I'm a tough love guy. I like you, Doc, because even in the first 15 minutes, you seem to have impact. You say things that aren't wishy-washy. I like that. A lot of psych, psychiatrists and folks that do what you do are just kind of well, what do you think about that? And I, I think you're more specific. And you were <laughs> well, saying uh, yeah. you were, you're together with somebody for 45 minutes. You feel like you got to deliver some impact in those 45 minutes. They got to walk away uh, a little bit illuminated, right? 
I agree, and I, I, I like you too, Bradley. You're 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 direct. It's I think a, we're we're getting along, so this, this is good. And yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> believe that if if you're going to see a uh, a psychiatrist, a therapist, a counselor, a coach, you're not spending a very high percentage of your uh, week or your month with that person. So it better be a high impact conversation. Right. Uh, you know, bring out what's going on with you and listen to some feedback, even if it's you know very direct and even a little um, you know thought provoking. Uh, and, and hard to hear because mm-hmm. you, you want to try to read uh, some change right. and insight. Let's go to John and Lynn. Hello, John. You are on WBZ with Dr. David Brendel. Hey, how you doing, guys? We are well. Uh, I get a question for the doctor. Okay. All right. I was born in the end of June. So I'm a summer baby, uh, baby boomer. My older brother is a baby boomer also. He was born... Uh, the end of December, so he's a winter baby. Will that affect SED? Because I do not like the summer. I was born in the summertime. My older brother does not like the winter. He was born in the winter time, and I want to throw you guys a little curveball and see if you can hit it and give me some feedback. Well, so, yeah. So, what is your uh, guess that you don't like the season you're born in? Yes. Well, it's it's an excellent question. There, I mean, there's no biological evidence that there's a direct link between when you were born and whether you have depression at, in that same season. Uh, I am, I'm I'm almost a baby boomer. I'm just a few years short of the baby boom, and I know that you know I, I get. Uh, I'm getting a little depressed now around my birthday as well. Do you? Um, but I don't. Th- it, it probably doesn't have anything to do with things like sunlight or hours of the day. Right. There are probably some other situational reasons. I don't know if it has to do with being depressed about seeing uh, seeing our ages go up. Yeah, maybe it's just that but, you, you <laughs> see your birthday coming. But but there's not, there's an- no clear biology to he that. He offers anecdotal yeah. evidence, and I yeah. offer an anecdotal antidote to that. Evidence, and that is, I'm born in the winter, and I like the winter. I was born in December, and I love the winter. I got another question for yeah. you guys. Now, people that work indoors hate the winter. If they sit in front of a computer all day, they hate the winter because they don't spend enough time outdoors. Would would that affect it? Well, that that's a really great question, and it, and it brings up an important point that uh, you know, when the days get shorter and you're not outside getting what little sun is there anyway, the, there are many people who are very vulnerable to getting depressed, especially if you're somebody who already has a history of depression. Uh, your depression might get worse, or you may be fine the rest of the year, and now all of a sudden there's no sunlight. Uh, the, the important brain centers are not getting stimulated, and people starting around October, November, uh, mood and behavior start to deteriorate. And, uh, you know, we can talk about some of the ways to possibly correct that. I mean, one of them is, you know, to get outside, right. take a walk. If you're able to use your lunch hour or break, even if it's a cloudy day, there's still more sun outside right, than right. there is in your office. Right. I see people walking around with the winter coats through, the, through an, I won't say the town, but the, the industrial park in, in the yeah. winter time because they need, the, they walk around on a sunny day because it's, it's 65 in February. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Getting outside is important, and then of course there's you know the, some of the the treatment approaches which involve like the light therapy lamps which some people buy, 
around this time of year, and uh, you sit in front of that kind of light. It's a fluorescent light, white spectrum uh, of light, and sit in front of it for about 20 to 30 minutes a day at about the same time of day, right. probably and in the morning. Thing, you know, and that, that can help for some people. Even if you're not thirsty, walk to the coffee pot or the, or the Poland Springs jug, not to advertise it, yeah. but just to walk to the men's room or the ladies' room and get your legs moving mm-hmm. and get, you know, your... You know what I mean? Get away from that computer for like 10 seconds and then go back. Good points, John. Yeah, really important points. You know, exercise, keep moving, stay active, and uh, and get outside. And consider those, uh, you know, those lamps also uh, in some cases. Yeah, let's talk about the lamps. Uh, I would like to get a lamp, but I heard a couple things. One, to use a technical, highly uh, technical medical phrase, they mess with your head. Don't they? <laughs> That's the whole point. I mean, they mess. You want they, your your head is messed up, so if you mess with it, it might get better. Is it? I heard that it just can yeah. affect you in ways that, other than yeah, I'm in a good mood. Well, it 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 can. You know, it's like any antidepressant medication. Yeah. It it can have side effects. Yeah. Um, and you know, especially people that have a tendency toward mood swings or something along the spectrum of bipolar disorder. Too much light can actually uh, make people more agitated or irritable. So it may have uh, the wrong uh, uh, dose. The wrong response. The dose. The dose matters. The uh, amount of time. So I, I generally recommend speak to your doctor. You know, it may be your primary care doctor. In some cases, you may want to see a specialist, like a psychiatrist. How would the doctor uh, to know? Talk that through. How would the doctor know what amount? Well, there. I mean, there are some general guidelines about um, the amount. The, you know, ten thousand lux is the uh, you know is the typical uh, amount of light that come out of these machines. And twenty. 20- lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 20 to 30 minutes is typical, but you want to have somebody, a professional, to talk to and monitor it. How how are you doing with it? Is it working? Can you you could do that though, that couldn't kind of you? As a psychiatrist, I could do that. Yeah, I sometimes you wouldn't do that. need to get a separate doctor. You could just talk it, no, to you. no, yeah. I, I mean, even some primary care doctors are are comfortable okay. with that. But if you know, it, what about? And this is the one that really worries yeah. me: it hurting your eyesight. Yeah, that I mean, that's a that's a good question as well. I mean, some people put on um, sunglasses, and then, but then that blocks out the rays right. of the sun. Uh, I, you know, you you go by your comfort level. These, you know, the typical light therapy machines are not going to cause permanent eyesight damage. It's not kind of like but a tanning may, machine. No, probably not. Okay. Um, again, it, you know, it's not. Uh, it's a wide spectrum of light, so it's not like you're getting just ultraviolet rays okay. or that kind of thing. Is there a particular Part of the spectrum that helps or seems to affect SAD? Um, not that I know of. I don't believe so. I mean, the these lights are, a, it's again, it's a wide spectrum yeah, of light. So it's, it's trying to mimic, yeah, it's trying to mimic okay. real sunlight. Okay. So you don't want something that's just like infrared. Or, uh, uh, do they uh, tend to be LED lights? or? Yeah, I mean, they yes, fluor- fluorescent. They're fluorescent co- and they're oh, a right. wide spectrum. All right. Yeah. 
And 617-254-1030 is the number if you'd like to. I, I have a lot of questions, but you may have some specific to you concerning seasonal affective disorder and depression and maybe the treatments and the side effects. I bought some melatonin and I took it and it seemed to work great. It wasn't supposed to work immediately, but it seemed to. Maybe it was psychosomatic, but so what? It worked. <laughs> but what about side effects? I read I read the bottle and it said, you know, a bunch of bad stuff may cause depression, may cause suicidal ideation. So yeah. what's the deal with I thought it was kind of a benign thing, this melatonin. Well, melatonin bought over the counter does tend to be um fairly benign. Yeah. Uh it's it's something you know a lot of people are using without even discussing with their doctor. When patients come to me, I, I like to know what they're doing. Yeah, are you taking two, three, five milligrams of melatonin? What's a safe, uh, safe it, dose that's not going to do anything bad? Generally, up to five milligrams okay. is, is okay. Um, and but I think of it as a sort of a sleep enhancing yeah. medication. It's not go. It's it's unlikely to be a full blown antidepressant okay. medication for me though, and a lot of folks in the overnight sleep's an issue and i really folks don't want you to go to sleep part of me wants you to listen all night but the benevolent part of me wants you to actually get some sleep as a person who works overnight sometimes you have to do things in the day that mess up your uh the consistency of your sleep and it's tough to get back in and i found that melatonin helped with that helped you get through that sometimes you get in a weird cycle where you'll wake up after two hours feeling like you've been in a boxing match, but you can't sleep again. And somehow you got to get through that weird two-hour barrier. Yep. And the melatonin helped. Melatonin is, is generally a pretty safe and potentially very effective way to do that. It, melatonin is made by the brain, yeah. the, uh, the pineal gland, which is right in the middle of the brain. And it does help to regulate uh, circadian rhythms, the sleep-wake cycle, mm -hmm. and all of that, and, and does it in a safe way. So I, I, I think you're making a pretty good choice there. If you take melatonin, is there a feedback mechanism that says, hmm, I sense melatonin in the blood. I do not need to make any more. Uh, so does does your body cease to make it if it senses it by pill form? That's that's unlikely. There are uh, definitely other brain chemicals where where that is true. Uh -huh. There's not a lot of evidence about that okay. with melatonin, though. So small amount of melatonin. If you notice anything really weird, stop. But you probably won't. Uh, the most likely, I mean, it is a sleep medicine, so yeah. the most likely thing is that you might notice that you're sleeping more okay, uh, great. or that you're still groggy. You know, you have to wake up at four in the morning and um, That's okay. your, your brain still wants to stay awake till eight. Groggy is, is, is the most likely All thing. Right. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to climb back on the melatonin train then. Okay, it's Jay, it's Jay in Pennsylvania. Hello, yeah. Jay. Hello. Hello, Bradley. Hello, Doc. Hello. Hi. Hey, I've been... Uh, worked in third shift for almost 20 years now and uh i was just wondering if i could be harming myself by working that long uh, at, at third shift that's a tremendous question why didn't i think of that here yeah. i am years and years and years i do this is it unhealthy for me to do this i heard that that monkeys die young if they work third shift there, <laughs> in, there is in, in the laboratory. 
There is no question that it's a stress and a strain on uh, the body and on the brain if it's done over long periods of oh, time. No. Really? But but people like you who have done it for many years, um, in many cases, have adapted very well to it. So if you uh, if you're able to establish uh, a sort of a good regular sleep schedule. Correct and your nutrition is good, and you exercise, and you go see your doctor, you take care of your general health conditions, and your self-care is good, um, then you should be able to overcome the problems of you know the, the circadian rhythm being yeah. off. So yeah. is your circadian yeah. rhythm off if well, you are consistent? Well, you have a new circadian rhythm. It's, so it's, is not, that, it's not right. the circadian rhythm that was, you know, that we were designed for um, in nature or through you know, through evolution. Um, most mammals sleep when it's dark and are awake and hunting when uh, when it's light out. But humans are highly adaptable and yeah. very resilient. And you know, if you put a if you put a good uh, routine in place and good self care, um, people can overcome uh, working the third shift. I'm wondering how many of the problems are caused by the other variables such as an inconsistent sleep pattern because you have to get up in the day to take care of your kids. And maybe you don't eat that well, and maybe you don't get the exercise. And maybe it's not really just the fact that your sleep happens in the day. That's my hope. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a combination of things. Certainly, I mean, if you're working, you know, the overnight shift yeah. uh, and you have children, <laughs> that, that can be pretty difficult because oh, yeah. it's hard to go home and sleep when you, when you need to drop them off at school and then pick them up at uh, 2.30 the in the afternoon. Jay, both of you, Jay and Dr. Brendel, for me, uh, there's actually less stress at night by quite a lot. Mm -hmm. For example, here in this workplace, there are fewer people. There are fewer opportunities to say something stupid. There, you know, there's less stressful small talk. Right. And you're on the bus. It's not a crowded bus. You're in the restaurant. It's empty. It's kind of a relaxing environment for for me right. most of the time. I don't know about you, Jay. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think the hardest part for me is the sleep. Yeah. Yeah. How do, how have you adapted? Are you able to get you know sort of a good regular sleep schedule going when you're out of work and you well, know yeah i mean it's it's as far as sleep goes i can sleep until something outside wakes me up or mm -hmm. you know, my wife my wife turns on the 900 watt nutribullet for a smoothie oh well she's she, she shouldn't she, be doing yeah, that she's not allowed to do that anymore <laughs> Jesus. you need it you don't need a new schedule you need a new wife <laughs> I think you need to. I need. When, when is trash delivery in your neighborhood? Because you have, you have to get rid of that machine. Seriously, you. Had oh, I know. I know. And my neighbor, he has a log truck, and he, you know, one of his workers uses Jake Drake. You know. It, 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 you need oh. to do some soundproofing. Soundproofing earplugs. The, the whole, whole deal. Yeah. White noise. You got to bring it on. But I, I, you look. I mean, I th if you can manage your stress and you like your job, you yeah. know, you put all those other things in place. You know, get rid of the uh, get rid of the blender and the neighbor. Yeah, so, Jay, uh, and, Jay, you, and you can overcome the uh, the uh, overnight shift problem. You need to have a serious talk with your wife. I'm. This is not a joke. <laughs> I know. I know. I already had that talk. But okay. Executive coaching. Well, first, what is it? How's it work? You know, give me your five minute rundown on executive coaching well 
It's a great question. Uh, executive coaching, first of all, it's not just for executives. Okay. It's for people who want to develop their executive functions. And what are executive functions? Good. It's the ability to have good ideas. Sometimes that was that may be with business or it may be with other things in, um, in your personal life. But good ideas and strategies for how to um, achieve your goals, uh, manage your time, set priorities, follow through, hold yourself accountable, and really kind of dig deep so you can figure out what are my personal goals, what are my career goals, how do I grow my business, uh, and a coach can sort of help you identify those goals and then walk you through a process of achieving them. And then the coach should be able to disappear because you've kind of taken in new uh, ways of thinking and new ways of behaving that allow yourself to continue to New grow. ways of behaving. That's very yeah. key. Uh, Absolutely. To behave in an executive manner so you are perceived as such and treated as such. Yes. Sort of um, we talk about executive presence, yeah. kind of showing up the right way um, with a combination. I need some of, of that. Let's have a high-impact uh, well, conversation we, we right can, now. We can talk separately. I was noticing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, kind of showing up with a combination of humility, but also you know clarity and confidence in, in what you're doing. Humility, That's... clarity, confidence. Hmm. All right. Will you talk about your executive training app now? Well, absolutely. One of the one of the um, concerns that I've had about executive coaching is that it's um, often only accessible to executives, like CEOs. It can be a very expensive process. Sometimes, um, you know, runs into the ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollar range to have a professional, certified right. executive coach work with you in your business. It's like school on growth. You can kind of it's an investment it that way. It's, it is an investment, but it's an investment that, you know, many individuals can't afford. Uh, and even companies, they can't invest in everybody at that level. Um, so they kind of pick and choose different managers or leaders in the company. And, and it is very effective, and I, I, I love doing that work. But um, one of the things I'm working on along with um, – uh, with a good close business partner of mine is developing um, an app, which we're about to uh, launch in the next month or two, which uh, is two. It, it will cost two percent of what a typical professional executive coach costs, but will uh, help walk people through the process so that really everybody should be an executive in their own life. So you fifty have, bucks, forty nine ninety nine. Well, it's a, it's a little bit more than that, 100? but it's. Uh, it'll be a hundred dollars a month okay, uh, over gonna, over six months, and I like the way you couched uh, it yeah. compared to the you know it's two percent. <laughs> well, a deal. truly, I mean, executive coaching um, for high level of executives is uh, often in the twenty five to thirty thousand right. dollar price range these days, and it, it can be very effective, but it's just not accessible to um, everybody. But the uh, the principles of executive coaching really should be accessible to everyone. Uh, and they really involve, you know, setting goals, personal goals, getting feedback from others about what you're doing well and what can improve, and putting a very specific action plan in place to make uh, the kind of behavior changes we were we were just talking about. I'm sure you have to compete really with a book. What does yeah. the app have that a book well, but interactivity of some sort? I'm guessing. Yeah, well, we definitely suggest some books that, and uh, articles that people should read, but the, there is an interactivity, and it's personalized. Uh, you can sit down and read books on executive coaching, and many of them are really great, uh, but they are not designed specifically for you. 
and the changes you need to make. So what our um, app will do is ask you to identify what are the challenges you're facing, mm -hmm. what is the feedback that you're uh, getting from the uh, important people around you. Now put it into an action plan. Uh, now show us how you're going to stay accountable to, uh, to reaching your goals. So it's uh, much more personalized and customized. And it's self-directed learning. It's not just uh, reading a book and absorbing those ideas, but directing yourself toward behavior change. Actually, it seems like a bargain, if it, which if it works, and I'm sure it does. It occurs to me that that's something they ought to teach in school. Every high school ought to teach that, right? Or at least well, college. Well, uh, yes. And I, I, I you know, look, I think, you know, really good teachers and mentors, this is what they do. Yeah. Right? They spend extra time with students. They get to know them. They ask them some tough questions. They push them to their limits. They help them figure out, you know, what are your strengths that you should play on? What are the weaknesses that you need to very proactively correct? So I, I, you know, I think of mentorship and career counseling and some of the things that go on in schools already yeah. as sort of a kind of a prelude to executive coaching. Is there one more thing we could talk about seasonal affected disorder that we didn't yeah. get to? We talked about most of them, but maybe you want to give an overview of, you know, how to deal or if there's something specific we omitted, then this would be a good time. Well, this is great because th this is this is sort of what I do in my day to day life. I put on my psychiatry hat for a while, then I take it off and put on the coaching hat. So we're we're back to the psychiatry. Yeah. So you know, seasonal affective disorder. If you're noticing around this time of year, in the fall, that your mood is starting to dip, you're more tired, less energy, less motivated, having difficulty focusing and getting stuff done at work more sluggish, wanting to stay in bed for longer. Uh, and especially if that's happening in the context of you're already having a history of depression, mm -hmm. this is the time of year to really get on top of it. See your doctor, see a therapist, figure out, do you need to go on medication? If you're already on medication, should it be adjusted? There are some um, antidepressant medications that are particularly good for seasonal affective disorder, like uh, bupropion is uh, one example, also called Wilbutrin. It's a very stimulating antidepressant, and it, it's the t it corrects many of the types of symptoms that we see in people with seasonal affective disorder. So see your doctor. See your doctor, talk about medication, talk about cognitive behavioral therapy or other sort of supportive counseling. Be proactive. Be proactive, exercise, eat well, get your self-care really buffed up because we're going into the tough time of the year. Right. I have a doctor's appointment coming up, so I'm working out. Trying to get in shape. Get in shape. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get all my uh, blood work good for the doctor's appointment. You want to be able to answer the questions the way right. he or she wants them answered. That's right. Yeah. Two drinks a day. Really? All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, you, are, uh, you, you deal with substance abuse, eating disorders, and I hope that you found this to be pleasant and you'll come back, actually. Do you well, have a, contact, a website yet set up so we can just find out more about the coaching app? Uh, yeah, ab well, absolutely. I can. The, uh, the, uh, the coaching app is strategyofmind, yeah. all one word, dot com. And then there's my, uh, my psychiatry website, okay. if you want to learn more about depression and all of that, is drdavidbrendel.com. That's B-R-E-N-D-E-L. Thank you very much. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.